0: Welcome to The Light Pod, brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. I'm your host, Sam Corbel, And today, we're in Palm Springs at Enlighten Americas, IALD's annual conference, where we bring lighting people together, talk about exciting things, have a few parties, catch up with each other, network a little bit, and even get the opportunity to see some new products from manufacturers as well. We're recapping some of the conversations that are going on here at Enlighten this week. Why? Because they're important. They're part of our community fabric, and we want to do our best to put them out into the world whenever we can, which is what the light pod's all about. So today we welcome Catherine Leskowat to the podcast. She's a senior lighting designer at Harn Lighting Design and has nearly a decade of experience in the lighting industry. Catherine, what's going on? Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me.
0: How does it feel to be in Palm Springs, to be around all these people, to be a part of this incredible event?
1: Palm Springs itself is a little anomaly, especially from a sustainability standpoint this amazing little oasis in the desert is bewildering me right now. Incredible to be back after the pandemic with these folks. It's getting to see people face to face again. I think there's a crazy energy that comes out of not having seen each other for a bit and getting to be together again.
0: What does it feel like to be back in the arena where you know there's just going to be so many people that are a stone's throw away and it's going to be hard to make it more than 100 feet without seeing someone you want to talk to.
1: It feels great to be together again and able to kind of build on the community knowledge and having the knowledge share here and seeing people.
0: I think, you know, you bring up the word community. That's something that's so, so, so important. And for you, you've done a lot within your own community, within your own workforce, but you've also spent some time kind of thinking about what matters to you and then coming back to share that with others. I know earlier this year you were at Light Fair and you spoke about accessibility in lighting and human-centric lighting. And this week you're here to talk about what it means to support your peers in the lighting environment. We'll dive into both of those topics, but before we get there, tell everybody who's Catherine and how did you get your start in lighting?
1: I'm a little nerd and get overexcited about all the technical details and sharing the wonder of lighting and architecture.
0: Where do you feel like you first saw those technical details and the, the wonder and the mystery of lighting come to life?
1: Oh, I was I was a teenager. I was about 13 at the library and found a book of a portfolio of a lighting designer that had this spread, this two page beautiful spread of four different lighting scenes in the same space. And it just rocked my world. How something invisible could completely change your perspective on that space
0: it's something invisible yet it's changing the drama of the environment what would you say that
1: is light has an incredible way of drawing no intention to itself while really showing off someone else's art
0: when you show off someone else's art but it's so to speak your work man that's tough it's like your signature's on the back of the piece nobody even knows you're there but you totally are it's kind of magical what light can do right it's also magical when you think about the sense that it's just one element of so many design traits as you look across your career the stuff that you've worked on talk to me a little bit about what it's been like to have your eyes open to what really matters in that space of accessible lighting and human-centric lighting
1: my background was interior design that was on purpose because there weren't too many lighting programs and i thought this is the closest i'm going to be working with interior designers i want to be able to speak their language and interior design has as one of its tenets is human centric space it takes into account how humans move what size we are how we interact with things what our eye level is etc etc space design is absolutely necessarily interconnected with the human body and the human experience and as i've become more interested lately with more diverse populations and their experience of space, I've realized that the neurodiverse and the persons with physical disabilities actually make up the greatest minority in the world. They are a majority of folks experiencing space. So we're really letting them down without considering a more holistic view of how our spaces are used. And all of that education barely touches on lighting. The standards that are out there have almost no lighting mentioned in them. So it's a huge opportunity and a hole in the research that I can't wait to speak into because we do have that experience and that knowledge to help out.
0: When you look at the experience and knowledge that we have as an industry and a community. Where do you think we're falling short in terms of being able to take that and translate it and put it out there so that people can make that a part of the requirements or the understanding that this can affect in a good or a bad way the design or outcome of a space for people that have that disability?
1: We tend to be a bit siloed as lighting designers. And we have to be more involved in the architecture community as a whole. We really need to get on these boards that are writing architecture codes and are writing sustainability and wellness standards. We're a piece of the puzzle and we can't just be talking to each other. We really have to be writing the future codes, I think.
0: It's hard not to talk to the people that you love that love that you love. Of course. And there's
1: always time for that. In, and there's
0: always time for that. But at the end of the day, it's about breaking through, right? Breaking down, breaking through, asking people to understand that we want to help their practice, their journey, their outcome, but they need to also consider what we know.
1: What better place to do that than college? That's a really powerful way for us to intersect with the architecture community is to talk to future architects and interior designers
0: there's an opportunity to take advantage of getting people let's just say conditioned before they ever show up (laughs) in, in the real professional world i want to pivot this conversation just a little bit to what you're also speaking about here at enlighten which is another extremely important topic that considers people which is work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. most people know what work is they know what a job is and they understand oftentimes they leave their family they leave their loved ones to go sit in a room or sit around a table or in these days uh, stare at a screen for a few hours but interact with other human beings um, who you develop very much close relationships with for completely different reasons but at the end of the day the lowest common denominator is we're all human we all have emotions and we all want to connect with with other people in the room. You and a coworker of yours, Jess Kramidis, are here to speak about that culture of the work spouse, the work wife, the work buddy, the work partner, whatever you want to call it. And because you need that support, right? And, mm, and you can mm-hmm. kind of find someone that is there to advocate for you but also encourage you. Talk to me a little bit about how this is something that's not only become important to you, but first and foremost, how you understood that there was need for that.
1: I have been so incredibly fortunate in mentorship over the years. I would not be the person I am today if it hadn't been for the people I've met and who've stayed in my life and been proactive about asking me, what's going on? What do you think about this? Do you need some help? I've been very lucky in mentorships and in peer mentorships is what I would call my work-wife relationship with Jess. Um, In some ways she adopted me, in some ways those mentors adopted me, but we wanna decode how can you copy that? How can you have that value in your life as well? Because there's nothing like the speed of learning and the success that comes out of being able to learn from others as you go, instead of just trying your hardest.
0: You mentioned she adopted you. you She (laughs) kind of said, hey, let's go. Uh, I'm going to take you on this journey with me. As you reflect on the relationship that the two of you have been able to create together, where do you see the give and the take? Is it binary? Is it organic? Are there set times and structures where you sit down, you get to work with that person or they work there for you? Or is it just more of, um, hey, I've got your back?
1: Yeah, it's been very organic, I would say. There's so much in common with, you know, we call it a work wife for a reason because there's so much in common with just the dynamics of enjoying being together and getting to know each other. But it's different from a friendship in the way that we call each other on hard things. Hey, Catherine, that, that was really narcissistic. Like, have you thought about that? <laughs> you can't say that. That was really rude. You know, um, calling each other to be introspective, calling each other out on just venting a little bit too far. You know, hey, that. I'm hearing a lot of negative, do you need a break? So it's different from your best friend who's always going to take your side. We're actually there to help make you better, not just take your side.
0: Which sometimes is taking your side and other times is calling you out. Yeah. The first time you got called out, how did it feel?
1: Honestly, oh, I'm gonna get mushy. That's true love. (laughs) Honest feedback is rare. You gotta have the trust built up to be able to take that from each other and it is so valuable Mm -hmm. not too many people are in a place that they can share that kind of feedback
0: sharing it is one thing being able to receive it with the right perspective and the right mindset as a whole nother Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you feel like you've done in your career to work with your peers that's enabled you to be able to be vulnerable to sit in that space to say you know what i I do want to listen and i am okay with that honest feedback
1: i am a millennial a total millennial i want all the feedback constantly yes (laughs) and so i actually researched what does it take to foster that how can i make that happen for myself and for my works company culture and the number one thing that i've learned is that you just have to be so attentive to your reaction when it's given because it is a matter of trust and if you react negatively in that moment it's communicating i'm actually not okay with getting this feedback
0: break that down just a little bit more give give me an example maybe we can just try this out real quick right there's a negative way and there's a positive way to receive feedback which there's body language involved right Mm. but there's also an oral component of it right hey Catherine, i really don't like the fact that you didn't create that cover sheet to the standards of our company based on our project partners what are the two ways you can respond to that that are positive and negative but still i would say like very professional but intentionally maybe one's one way and one's the other way
1: i could immediately come up with all the reasons that it's not required right now and you shouldn't be questioning me or i could listen to the actual words you said you don't like that i can't argue with that and i can absolutely respect that you don't like it okay i can change that it's not a big deal i can absolutely change that
0: do you follow up by asking by the way would you mind describing to me why you don't like it
1: Sure, absolutely. I'm so curious about these things. Right?
0: Yes. And and use that as an opportunity to engage that other person in conversation and learn from them a bit more and potentially prevent something like that ever coming your way again. I tell you what, I want to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to dive into this ability to not only create and deliver but receive feedback a little bit more. How it shapes culture at a company, how it creates opportunities for leadership, and also, ultimately, how it creates success within a design environment and project. Sound good? Sounds great. Hey, it's Sam. The Light Pod is brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. They make things like documentaries, short, informative, educational two minute videos, and of course, bring you this podcast, The Light Pod. Check them out at lytei.com. And welcome back. Over the break, Catherine and I were chatting just a little bit more about the dynamics of what happens at a workplace, how culture is formed, how peers create feedback loops, and the things that happen in order to, let's just say, do a better job of maybe what you didn't completely realize you were capable of early on, but somebody helped you find that space in that place. Catherine, break down a little bit more for me, what it's like to have that person on the other side of the table, knowing that, I won't say the gloves are off, but it's kind of game on in terms of being real with you and how that has helped define your personal and professional approach to the culture at your firm.
1: First of all, I miss having someone across the table from me. I think that if you have the opportunity to be in the office. As an emerging professional, I'm sure all the way along the ranks, there's nothing like person-to-person interaction. And there's nothing like overhearing each other's conversations and being able to turn around and talk to each other in person (laughs) to speed up learning. So don't underestimate that even if you're comfortable at home. Having jests to bounce things off of means that I don't mull on them for so long. And I don't go off some strange direction with them. It means I kind of have that gentle redirection and mirror of what I'm saying. Like, did you just say <laughs> X, am I hearing what I thought you said? Well, I would do it differently, but it's up to you. It is like having a therapist, honestly. <laughs> a work therapist to just set you straight every once in a while. It's very valuable. I think how that bleeds into the rest of the work culture is we work hard to be approachable. When somebody says, do you have a minute? Can I ask you a question? It's not about work or it's, it's not about the project. Your response in that moment is really important and protecting their confidence, allowing them to come to their own conclusion instead of offering advice. I'm working on that. I am just as opinionated as every other designer in the world, and I've got a solution for you so fast before you're finished talking. But it's never as effective as the solution you came to through conversation. And if I can do that for someone else, the way Jess and I have been able to do it, that's worth something, I think.
0: What you just said is so powerful. You can come up with a solution in a moment's notice, but it will never be as good or as effective as the one that happens through conversation. Mm -hmm. Dive into that. How does conversation between two people arrive
1: at a better outcome? I mean, just think about it in your project conversations. If it weren't a conversation, you'd miss the fact that something changed in the last two days that you aren't seeing in the drawings. Or there are four options and not just one. Because we need diversity of minds to really come by the strongest solution.
0: And when you think about it, There's a very simple analogy. You and I are sitting here podcasting. We've got water glasses on our table. Water bottles, they're ubiquitous. They're everywhere. Everybody's got a freaking water bottle. Everybody finds their favorite analogy and they put their stickers on it and they use it and they drink it forever, (laughs) right? They're like... I don't need a new water bottle somebody comes along and says you know you might want to have a new water bottle because this one has blah 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 built into it and you're like no I don't need that I have the one over here that works just fine but then it makes you start to think wait what other water bottles are out there and then you go down this path and journey and you may still be using the one you you started with at the beginning of the conversation after all that research but it's only because you've learned everything else about the other options and said no this is the best option for the outcome I have or you simply just evolved to something else even though it wasn't your idea at the moment or the other person's idea at the moment that led you down a path or a journey am i making this up or have you had the same water bottle your entire life
1: (laughs) i feel like this makes me think of the way instagram ads work and the way human minds ever change we never change our mind when we're presented with the best logic we change our mind when we're asked to question when we become curious and that's what an ad will do it'll be like "Ooh, maybe you need a better water bottle here's a 250 and fifty dollar one offering options making you curious so inviting your partner to consider or is this the best way asking a question asking a better question a listening kind of question is really powerful
0: the term you know, work spouse uh, in a marital relationship or any any form of relationship between two individuals that are committed, that want the best for each other, that have the long-term outcome of we're on the same team. It's as simple as, hey, let's, you know, one person cooks, one person cleans up the dishes sort of thing. Why? Because we've got to use them again tomorrow and, you know, If we split the task we're good there you gotta work you're not necessarily maybe splitting tasks as much as you are splitting the responsibility of making sure that your team the whole company that culture continues to be relevant within itself but then also influence the things the people the projects the firms that you touch when you look at your company hardtranft there's something very unique about your business model in that most of you are not in an office Mm -hmm, every day. mm -hmm. You're, I won't say scattered, you're strategically placed in geographic locations based on where you individually want to be, but also the markets that you can serve. Talk to me a little bit about what you have been able to do with this concept to take essentially a full-time virtual office and make it feel very real.
1: We do make a really big effort to get together in person when we can, but we also do an awful lot of chatting online and we have different chat rooms for every subject and every project. And we're on the phone a lot, um, sharing screens, sometimes cameras. It takes mindfulness that that's important, but it's also very enriching. So I think once you get the ball rolling, it's self-sustaining.
0: It's enriching and it's self-sustaining, but it takes that mindfulness. Where do you find inspiration for that mindfulness?
1: Mindfulness is a beautiful thing, and it comes at me in all kinds of directions lately. Yoga is a big passion of mine recently, and that's a personal journey. Coming back to the moment and being present is always work for me, but very important work.
0: In the world of uh, constant chaos, and too much noise. Is there anything that you feel like helps you come back to that moment and and live in the present?
1: All kinds of wonderful things actually. Being outside, anything outdoors, having the windows open, exhausting myself physically, sawing through road ties or chasing after my puppy niece or delicious food. All of these things put you in touch with your senses and back in touch with your body. And it's a beautiful thing.
0: It's the journey of self-care. Right, Mm. understanding what you can create in the moment to really actually just be there and then to practice that and then to translate that into uh, a professional environment that says, this is interesting, if I could take what I do over here and bring it onto this side of the coin uh, at work and then find somebody to help me go along that journey. It may not be the food that you're (laughs) eating today, but it might be the way you consider a design problem. It might not be the fun little thing that you're chasing around, rather it might be a new process to develop communication so that everybody is on the same page. There's so many things in life that we have an opportunity to not only accomplish, but also choose to ignore. You've kind of made it your job uh, with your own voice and one you will share with so many here in Palm Springs this week about why this is important. When you take your whole message and you wrap it up together, what's the strongest, most important concluding statement that you can offer to everybody that's listening today?
1: I think it's the idea that We are so much stronger for laying down competitiveness and building a community. And you are empowered to generate that. There are ways to build that for yourself.
0: Catherine, thank you so much for this conversation. It's inspiring to think through everything you've given us to think about. If people want to get in touch with you, if they have questions, if they want to chat a little bit more about this, What's the best way they can get in touch with you?
1: Email katherine at heartranftlighting.com.
0: That's how you find Catherine, to figure out how you can do things maybe a little bit more different. And uh, let's just say, learn how to listen and then get better because of it. Catherine, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the conference.
1: Thank you. I will Thanks. see
0: you uh, on the Coachella fields tomorrow night. <laughs> Sound good?
1: Love it, yes.
0: Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Light Pod. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and click that like, follow, or subscribe button. That's the best way to never miss another episode where we talk to people about all things lighting, who have inspirational and thought-provoking conversations to share. Until next time, cheers.